0: It's a hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garrick's, coming to you from New York City with Mike Mancusi. Mike, how the fuck are you?
1: I'm doing great. I feel great right now. This is I got. I'm drinking chocolate milk, and that's my favorite thing in the world. So I feel I feel great right now.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad you're uh, enjoying the chocolate milk. I find it interesting that you're like I feel great right now. I feel really <laughs> great and like such a monotone. I'm A voice. monotone
1: person. I don't really change. I I don't fluctuate. I'm just this the whole time.
0: Do you feel and is that and that's pretty much similar in your delivery, or do you find that you are, you know, kind of pushing things a little bit more outside of your normal uh tone for performance? I'm I'm
1: pretty monotone. I think uh there are certain parts where I start to I, I yell a little bit, but like that's it. I go I go a little higher sometimes, but that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Do you
0: find that that being
1: generally like even keel and and monotone is is a benefit to you? Yeah, because I think it's who I am as a person. You yeah, know? and I think you could just you have to be, be yourself. Not to be cliche cliche, but you got to be yourself up there. So, um, it's something. I mean, I, you know, I, I know I am still fairly new to comedy, so it's obviously something that you are working on and you know learn over time. I've tried to like be more energetic and try new things, but then. You know, just doesn't roll off. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not being yourself up there, it's probably not going to work. So, Um, yeah, yeah. I've
0: I've found myself more. I would say in like the last year, uh, I I still think I come across as you know genuine. I hope, uh, but I find myself becoming like more exaggerated in certain things. Yeah. You know, there's like certain points, uh, both in in terms of my material and my performance, where I'm just like. Overemphasizing things, or you know, getting more into it, or changing the pitch in my voice a bit more, yeah. And I found that to be uh, successful, even though it might be totally fake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's got to be contrived, you know. Yeah, it's hey, part of the performance. Got to you know whatever you got to <laughs> do to get those fucking laughs. And also, I'm trying to I'm trying to act stuff out more. And one thing I've learned about act outs is that you have to just go for it. You can't, like... Half-ass it. Yeah, you can't half-ass it. Yeah. Because if if they sense that you're, like, tentative about it or you're, like, kind of, like, reluctant and you're, like, I don't know if I should be doing it, then it's done. And then...
0: God Oh yeah And that's the same I mean For you know Even beyond act outs I mean just being Like committed to the joke If you yeah. like Are doing a joke And you're like oh, I'm not sure about this They'll, yeah. they'll pick up on that yes, And if you're exactly. not sure of it They're definitely Not going to be sure of it
1: And it's a subconscious thing You don't even have to Like say that I'm not sure about this But if they'll you're know. Genuinely not sure about it, it People will know Like <laughs> it reflects In the, in your delivery <laughs> Yep. Well, uh, Mike, I appreciate you being here today
0: uh, at your apartment. <laughs> nice you to be here for me. <laughs> We're in my cozy apartment. Yeah, it is a nice apartment. You have a very sketchy entranceway. Uh, yep. If you guys ever want to visit Mike, uh, he lives at 58 uh, West uh, 32nd? I don't know. I don't know where
1: I am. Close enough. It was you like got <laughs> it. Yeah. Her- just Herald Square area. We do. I do have a very sketchy door. It's also a sketchy door that's in one of the sketchiest parts of the sketchiest cities mm-hmm. in the world, so...
0: Well, it's not that
1: sketchy in the neighborhood, Dude. and
0: the apartment's very nice. But that entrance, like it's uh, for those of you who aren't with us live today in person at Mike's apartment, uh, the door is slanted. So it's like you walk on the on the right side. There's about a six inch to a foot of wall before you get to the doorknob, and on the left side, it goes right out to the end. It's just I I don't understand why anyone would build it like that. It's baffling to me.
1: Well, it was built in the '60s, so.
0: Yeah, welcome I to New know. York City, man. It's, I I, uh, speci-
1: I appreciate you speaking fondly of Herald Square, but it is not it is not a good. You're just it's a good time to be at Herald Square. It's sun the sunshine is still out, and it's like people are getting out of work and everybody's happy. Dude, this place is a shithole.
0: I don't know about <laughs> that. I mean, if you want Korean food or karaoke, <laughs> you're in the right place. That's all right. That's that's a good point. I didn't factor that into my yeah. Assessment. You got You got to take that into consideration. You could
1: karaoke, get wasted, and stumble home easily <laughs> into your crooked door. Well, no, it's just like, dude, you, you should hear the stuff I hear at night. Like, I I expected, I know it's a noisy part of town. I expected it to be like noisy, but I was just expecting like normal noise. Yeah. Like you hear like the beep, 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 like trucks, like, honking horns. I expected that. But yeah, you know, at like three in the morning, there's people just screaming at each other. <laughs> like right outside my That's window too. That's just New York City, man.
0: <laughs> like there's a few parts of New York that aren't like that, but that's They're true. not the good parts. I That's mean, true. like, if you're young and living in New York, I think you want the 3 a.m. streaming. I think you want to be the 3 a.m. screamer. That's you probably have been.
1: And it keeps you on your toes. You know, you, got, you always got to be alert. You know, head on a swivel. You know? <laughs> never know what's going to happen <laughs> in Herald Square. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a rough city, baby. Well, Mike, I uh, I want to chat with you today because, uh, you know, we recently met when you came into Fairfield Comedy Club and crushed it. And, uh, you know, despite... Uh, Your performance, surprisingly, you're actually relatively new to comedy, Um, which I when you told me how long you were doing it, I was actually kind of caught off guard because, you know, you're extremely talented and polished, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, more polished than I would expect someone to be uh, with just, what is it, around three years? uh,
1: Uh, I'm about two and a half. I mean, it kind of depends when you count, like, start date. But, like, I kind of count my start as, like, when I was really actually doing it consistently like you know at least like 4 or 5 times a week. I think the first open mic I ever did was probably about 3 years ago, but I th- I did two at this uh I did two open mics at this place the Alligator Lounge in Brooklyn. Uh just cuz I wanted to start doing stand-up comedy. And this I was the first somebody, time you ever yeah, did this, it? that was the first time I went on stage. How did you find that open mic or how did uh, you even know to go there? So, my friend uh it's friend, my a friend of a friend ran the open mic. And I told my friend I wanted to start doing stand-up. So he's like, all right, I'll get you in touch with the kid who runs the open mic. So I met with him. He's like, yeah, come down. I'll put you up first, whatever. Then I wound up going like dead last and then just <laughs> eating shit to no one. So I guess technically it wasn't eating shit. Who knows? Maybe those jokes are great. I don't know. But uh, You yeah. can never evaluate a joke in an open mic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, uh, but yeah, so I did that like twice. And I was like, like ugh. And so I think I stopped for probably... I think like seven, seven, six, seven, eight months or something like that, and then I when I got the job in New York City, is when I started, kind of consistently, going to, you know, getting into it and going to open mic. So that's kind of when I start my my kind of start my my start date, Uh, and that was like about two and a half years ago. That was in October of two thousand sixteen. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. So that was like two and a half years ago. Yeah.
0: So so you started and we were, were just doing open mics at first. How many yeah. open mics did you do
1: before you did your first show? Um let's see. I was doing about four open mics a week. I would go to Eastville Comedy Club, uh the one that was actually where, yeah, New, where York New York Comedy, Comedy Club is, yeah. And I started there and it was just me and like probably like six or seven of my friends that were all started within like six or so months of each other. Um and, you know, we would all laugh at each other, but just to everyone else, just be, like, bombing I guess it's good to have <laughs> that, because otherwise
0: I would imagine it oh you my would just God. quit. Like people, like, yes, are terrible.
1: seriously, people just starting that have, like, no friends and no one to talk to. Oh, my God, I can't, I can't imagine. Because, yeah, we would all, you know, just joke around with each other and kind of make light of it. and. But... Cause yeah, I mean, for the first at least couple months, like you're basically going up there and just and just eating it every yeah. single time. For comics who have been doing it for you know a couple of years and are just like, look oh, I mean, at, you, look could at be, you, going you could you could be good <laughs> at comedy and, yeah. and suck at an open mic. Yeah,
0: because actually no f- one's there to. For those of you who have not been to an open mic. Uh, it's terrible. It's <laughs> No one is there to be audience. Everyone is there for their own jokes, so people aren't paying attention to you. People aren't, you know, comics are not an easy group to make laugh, particularly yeah. if you're, like, actually doing material. Sometimes they'll laugh if you do something off the cuff or, you know, play to the back of the yeah, room. Yeah,
1: or you say something super dark or, you know, yeah. messed up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, or, um, yeah, or your joke sucks. You're like, well, I'm going to kill myself, and then they <laughs> laugh at that for some reason. Uh,
1: yeah, but so um, the first time I... Did a show like for people, dude. I actually did like really well. It was at my friend ran the show at this, he put on this. It was a show in like the just like a dive bar, like right around where Eastville was, and there was probably around like 20 or 30 people there but it was a very small room what dive bar uh it was called jimmy's number 43 yeah so they have do you know how they have that like back room there that's i like, didn't
0: even realize they had shows there it's
1: <laughs> they don't it's not like a it's not even a room i think i think they just like punched a hole in a wall and there was like <laughs> an extra <laughs> space and they were like yeah all right well i guess we'll just open this up um but yeah so i did that and then like how I big actually, was the audience it's probably like, yeah, 20 or 30 people. And oh. he actually had like a really good lineup on it, too. He had like Clark Jones on it, it who's a really good comic. Brendan Ayer on it is another great comic. Uh, yeah, you
0: get these bar shows, you know, in the city, and you'll see some great comics. Yeah. I mean, for years I ran, uh, you know, I was asking you about the dive bar, because I used to run a show at Karma Lounge, which is a terrible dive bar. Yeah,
1: yeah i <laughs> A done couple like, blocks I've from there, nice and it
0: sucks, but, you know... <laughs> We'd get some great comics there, like you know, we we would have some real great talent. Uh, yeah, because
1: people just want the stage time, you know. Yeah, and anything is better than an open mic. You know, I don't know. I've taken. I've learned the open mics that you know they they are what they are. You know, I I think like to a certain degree they they help you. Like, um, you know, they really taught me how to structure and like write jokes. You know, like I, I think developmentally they were huge for me, uh, but you know I, I think at a certain point they just become diminishing returns you know and if yeah. that's your only way of getting on stage then it's only just gonna like beat your soul to death yeah because um, you end up being less confident in yeah exactly good. yeah I,
0: I felt the same way like i would like try a joke at a mic it would suck and they're like oh, i don't want to use this but then when i start trying out stuff at a show and it would work and i was like yeah, oh I, you know what that i had more faith in and i would it. develop it more because i, I started know. it in the right place
1: exactly i always think about that how many good premises or jokes I've abandoned because they bombed at an yeah, open mic and yeah, I, who gives a <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh, so yeah.
0: your first show how far in were you when you did I, that like oh oh. A week or (laughs) so,
1: yeah, something like that. Okay. And so, were
0: you hooked after the show, or were you hooked from it? Because it sounds like you were doing mics before even. Like my first time performing was at a show. Was at a show. I didn't do. Uh, I didn't do mics until after. Um, That
1: must have been nice. Well, I don't know. I think uh, like I was hooked in a sense, but I also it gave me a just totally false sense of like what this is you know it's just like oh yeah comedy is great all the time you know like this (laughs) this is what it'll be you know forever now that i started doing it like but really it was like i got that one kind of fun show and then it was just like months and months of just like doing open mics and then like i started to do like bringers and like you know bringers for someone who's like six months in as it's like okay but you know it's, it's okay for the stage time but they also just become very terrible shows terrible shows yeah when you bring
0: your friends and you're not that great at comedy but you're one of the best comics on the show <laughs> you're like uh thanks for paying 20 bucks to watch Dude, that i and guess
1: the prices are insane you yeah. have to pay more than you have to pay to go to the comedy cellar to uh, watch know. you know it's, these <laughs> it's the worst i, I, I right don't though. miss
0: those days at all
1: yeah uh you're right though because yeah you're, you're like the best one of like j- <laughs> that's what happened to me I
0: started I was you know bringing my friends out to shows yeah. and I'd been doing comedy for three months I'd be one of the better comics on the show and I'm like this isn't right and yeah. that's when I started producing my own shows because I'm like at least that way if I'm going to drag people you know week after week month after month at least they'll be seeing people funnier than me <laughs> like they, they deserve that much at least exactly. if they're going to support me here
1: exactly exactly and that's why it's like I can't you know I can't in good conscious anymore drag my friends and have them pay all this money to watch something that's not even going to be a good show. You know, yeah. like, I, I, I just can't do that. Um, but, yeah, because other than The Bringers, like, you know, it was like the shows where there was no shows. It was just open mics. And, you know, you get to the point where, like, we're at, well, I'm at Eastville a lot, so maybe I'm starting to get comfortable there. My friends are laughing at me, so I'm like, oh, this is fine. I'm great. And then, uh, you know, you go to other open mics and then just start, you know, eating shit again. <laughs> and then it's basically like, you know, the first like six to seven months of just doing like the New York open mic scene is just is like really rough, yeah. like re- <laughs> like really rough.
0: Well, uh, well, let me uh, ask you because you know, uh, you know, you're having a lot of success very early on. You know, when I was two and a half yeah. years in, you know, Relative. I don't remember where I was at, but I, you know, I, you, you know, you're past it at a number of clubs and doing well for yourself. Yeah. What's you know, what are the things that you kind of credit that to? as you like look back over the last two and a half years, what? you know what was like the smartest thing that you did that's really kind of has um, paid dividends for you
1: i don't know well getting past at the comic strip was was definitely important because i got past there when i was probably like 10 months in um
0: which is impressive i mean that's, yeah uh, yeah it's
1: good i mean it can be kind of like a you know it can be kind of a crapshoot. shoot you know i know there's some good comics that haven't gotten past there and then you know so uh, you know i'm definitely fortunate for that i'm grateful for that um you know, it didn't mean that like, you know, oh, you're making it now, kid, you know, like, yeah, but it was definitely but it's good, something
0: that gives you that feeling yeah. like, oh, I should keep doing this. Like somebody yeah. thinks I'm funny. It,
1: exactly. And that's what you look for. Just those. Yeah. You know, that's what I when I got past the comic strip. That that's you. what I thought. I was like,
0: oh, I'm like, I,
1: you know, someone thinks I'm, I'm good at this. Exactly. It's not
0: just like my friends who I drag out. Exactly. Yeah. And you have
1: to cherish that because there's going to be so many people that are on the other side of it being like, you suck. You know, so like <laughs> those people that believe in you, you really got it. So I'm really grateful for that. And that was really big for me. Um, and then I don't know, I just like try to focus on like to me I mean obviously you have to be a great comic is should always be the number one focus but I also just want to be like a good person and, and a good professional. I think the professional part is something that people look past a lot uh, but you have to realize like this is a business you are your business and you have to be a good professional in order to like get anywhere. Um, so to me those are kind of like the most important things that I try to focus on is just being, Obviously a great comic, but also a great person and, and very professional. Uh, cause it, and then also just focusing on the long the long term of this, because it's very easy to be like, oh, you know, I'm two years in and I'm nowhere, so this isn't working out. But, you know, you got to realize it's a long, yeah. long and, and road. Yeah, and if you don't love it, then you should probably quit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't love it, there's no point It's going to be a battle, it. right? <laughs> yeah, it's seriously. Gonna be, it's never going to be easy. Like, the only thing that keeps me – get like, no matter how much success I have, like – and, you know, I, I think I've done okay, but, you know, I'm not – I, I it's, success is a relative term, but, like – There's always it, room for growth. Yeah, for sure. exactly. But, like, if you don't love it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, because yeah. you're just going to – you know, like, even if I've had success, like, e- even the successes are, you know, eventually shadowed with, like – a failure, and you're like, "Fucking, I hate this shit." <laughs> like yeah, it was gonna. That's
0: why it's good to have that first one show where you like crush it, because then you can always like be like, "Oh, I did did really well that time." <laughs> <laughs> Something <laughs> fondly to look back on. <laughs> what I always do is, if I ever have a uh, a bad set, I think to myself that normally uh, when somebody's funny, uh, they're not great looking. I find like the better looking somebody is, they're not that funny. So if I go up and I have a bad set, I just think to myself, "Ah, oh, you know what." I was just too good looking tonight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That is a very good consolation. See, that's my differentiator. I I know I'm a a handsome guy.
0: So, you got, (laughs) I mean, and you've (laughs) overcome it. So, congrats on that. (laughs) Well, Mike, look, I want to thank you for chatting with us. I'd love to chat with you again sometime. You know, I think there's a lot more to get into, but, you know, goddamn, the short format.
1: Yeah. No, hey, this was great, man. I, I like it. It's better than being too long. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give you That's the what we uh, – no one's ever accused me
0: of being too long. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michael, thanks so much for no, your time. For Thank you, listeners, and peace. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. Special thanks to Eric Donnelly for our theme song, to Jillian Rooney for all of our editing, to Light Switch Advisors for our website and online marketing. If you have any web or marketing needs, Light Switch Advisors is your go-to place, to Vans for all of our footwear and apparel. And also, please come to the first ever live recording of the It's a Hustle podcast Saturday, April 27th at 5 p.m. at the Circle Hotel in Fairfield as part of the first Connecticut Comedy Festival, April 25th through twenty. Check that out at ctcomedyfestival.com. And please leave us a review. Tell your friends. We appreciate your listening. Peace.